Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're going to go to Matthew 6. <laughs> I have a bookmark in here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I'm in First Peter. That's not going to help anybody. No. It's a good place to be. Though. It is a good place to be. Okay, Matthew 6. And we're talking about the Lord's Prayer. And um, this business of the kingdom of God being within. Okay. But the deal is this about the kingdom of God that's within. God intends for it to manifest without, outside of us. He intends for that to happen. So Jesus says, when you pray, this is something that you should ask for. Um, All the time, we should believe it. Um, I don't know about you, but let's just read it, and then we'll talk about it here. Look at verse verse 9. After this manner, pray, therefore, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Um, The first thing, once you begin to glorify God for who he is, is to seek God's wisdom in how to bring the kingdom of God into this earth realm. And Jesus delineates between this material created earth and the kingdom of God. If you if you could just sort of think about the kingdom of God as being um, that third heaven where Paul was, and think about it like this, because we've talked about how God how God is so big, He doesn't have edges or borders. Everything that is is within Him because He He's infinite. So even the kingdom of heaven is within Him, and it's. Limitless. It's without borders. It's not like it's um, a place where he lives. That's the way we look at it. As a place where he lives. But God is in all things. Fills all things with his own presence. The Hebrew people tell you that he is limitless. There are no edges to God. So then if we're talking kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God, it isn't, and it's like Jesus said, the kingdom of God isn't up here where God's sitting on the throne and it isn't down here on the earth it's within you okay it's not a location as much as it is a presence in a dimension where the perfection of God exists we're gonna I'm gonna give you the lexicon on this we're gonna talk about this kind of tear this apart Because this is key. Understanding the kingdom of God, that's okay. But unless we do something with it, because we're called to do something, unless we can be um, of value to God in bringing his kingdom forth, then all the knowledge in the world is not, it it isn't worth a plug nickel. 
You can know a lot and still be absolutely useless. I've known a lot of professors like that. <laughs> but um, um, we have to begin to understand then what our role is. Why is it important that you understand about the word being seed? That's always the seed. Why is it important that you understand about the ground? Not, not just being physical ground, but humanity is ground. We're all made of ground. We're the soil in which the word is sown. Why is it important that we understand that? Why is it important that we understand the first shall be last and the last shall be first? And why is it important that we say, you know, many are called but few opt in, few choose in? Why do we need to understand that? Because in the understanding of it, then our actions uh, take on more purpose. Um, in Hebrews, go, just stick your finger in five, we're coming back to that. Go for a minute to Hebrews chapter 12. This is 12, no, Hebrews chapter 11. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> okay. Thingy. Just verse 3. Thank you. I don't know what is wrong with me. <clears throat> um, okay. It's verse 3. And only just the first little bit of it. Like the first four words. Okay, did you find it? It's no, in the back. Okay, that's okay. Girls eat potato chips. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Okay. Just listen. Three glasses of tea. And then Hebrews is past that. The James drink. Hebrews and James drink. Did you find it? Okay. Hebrews chapter 11. Don't worry about it because we're all there. This is the faith chapter. Now faith, you know. Is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We're not interested in that. We're not? Not today. <laughs> Skip that. But we're going down to four words in verse 3. three. Okay. Through faith, we understand. We've had this backwards. We, we understand and we think our understanding brings us to faith. But actually, it's through faith that we come to understand. Which is another kingdom paradox. But that's what Jesus is talking about here. When he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You and I, by faith, become that vessel. You may or may not understand what's going on in your life. When you pick up some kids' books, you know. You may not have any understanding, but when you act by faith, understanding will eventually come. Think about it like this. When you were a kid, now some of you may just be like mathematical geniuses. I really respect you for that. <laughs> I don't love you much, but I really respect you for that. But... You memorize those addition and subtraction facts and you memorize your multiplication and division facts, right? Mm -hmm. Remember the flashcards. Okay, you didn't have to understand it. You just had to apply what you knew. So always you'd see that fact, 2 plus 3 equals 5. And you just knew it. Eventually, by faith, as you use that information, one day the light bulb goes off. And that's when you get that aha moment Bill talks about so much. The aha moment. Who was it used to do that? Doctor, what's his name at Auburn? Mm -hmm. 
Anyway, you get the aha moment. The understanding comes, but you've been operating by faith all that time. You know, look at Peter and, and James and John. They had been operating really by faith, following Jesus, believing everything he said, trusting him, you know. The understanding of everything, the aha moment, didn't come till the entrance of light with the Holy Spirit. When Peter jumped up and he went, oh my gosh, this is that moment Joel spoke about. You know, but they were following by faith. They just went to the upper room by faith. They prayed and they waited by faith. They had no idea what was going to happen. And you and I have to learn that in the kingdom of God, we take this truth and we act on it by faith and then understanding will come, which is backwards of the way the world works. The world says, understand it and then you can do it. God says, trust me and do it and then later you'll understand why. So it's another one of those kingdom um, paradoxes, if you will. And so when Jesus was praying this, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven, um, I'm sure nobody there understood at all what he was saying. Other than, wouldn't it be nice if we had heaven on earth? But it was a pipe dream. And I'm going to tell you the truth. For years when I prayed that, it was a pipe dream. You know, we're always praying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think of it as the future. It's going yeah, to happen in the when future. he comes back. That's right. We keep saying. In the future. But that's not what's meant here. And it isn't what Jesus was praying here. So I just want to look at it um, and just kind of tear up this, this little bit of a phrase. We're going to chew it up really good and, and spit it out. Um, our Father, that's the parent. And it is the word for parent, for Abba. Another name is Abba, the Hebrew word Abba. But Jesus is speaking to the creator of the universe from the standpoint of sonship. You and I, in Christ Jesus, speak to the creator from the standpoint of sonship. And I don't think we do very often. We have the confusion of servant and sonship. To, to be a servant in the kingdom of God is to just be about the family business. You know, a son serves his father in the family business, but the son is a boss too, you know. So when, when you and I are praying, the first thing we're going to have to do is stop trying to shoot these prayers off up into the ionosphere, like God's sitting up here somewhere, your kingdom come here, you know, and understand that, that we pray from a standpoint of sonship and the kingdom has arrived right here. It's in us. It's not like we're shouting it down for heaven or asking God to pour it down. It is right here. So we're praying from a standpoint of sonship which brings the kingdom a whole lot closer than the way we've been praying as servants. Oh Lord, send your kingdom. Send your kingdom. The kingdom has arrived. And Jesus said it isn't in a place. It isn't up there. It isn't down here. It's within you. And, and when it arrives, it is available to all creation. Okay? 
Um, so when Jesus is addressing him, he's addressing him as the head of the family, um, as the protector and the provider, and as um, the compassionate caretaker of all humanity. And Jesus, as the Son, is saying, this is what I declare. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a declaration, you know. Um, in Hebrews, go back to Hebrews. If, you're there, if you haven't changed, you're good. Um, but in Hebrews... Um, look at verse uh, look at chapter 4 okay verse 14 <clears throat> start with 14 And the cool thing about it is he's talking about the rest. He says, you know, when you, when you enter into the kingdom, you're, you go into rest. You're not trying to do something to gin up the kingdom. You, you have one way to get the kingdom to come forth, and that is through your confession. What are you doing? You're sowing seeds in the kingdom. That's the way. That's the way the kingdom comes. You have to plant, and you have to... Um, Take care of it, protect it, defend it. And then it brings forth a crop. And so that's how the kingdom is spread, through seed. Okay? And so it says, look at verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession or our confession. Because that's the way the kingdom comes, through our confession, our seed sowing. That's the, God's a farmer. And he made us all farmers. Okay, for we have, we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but he was in all points tempted like as we are and yet without sin. So let us therefore come boldly into the throne room of grace. That means we're not down here shouting up. We're, just, we're right there with him. You know, he's here, he's in us, and we're in him. To find grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. Okay, your kingdom come, your will be done in these circumstances. So it's, uh, it was almost a declaration, not Jesus begging God, but he was making a declaration in prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen, your kingdom come. Okay. Um, when it speaks of God as being in heaven, when you look in the lexicon, there are a lot of different um, notes about it, but this one I particularly like. Um, our Father who are in heaven, it is actually not so much a location as it is the point from which motion and action proceeds coming out of a time or a place or a cause. 
So instead of looking at heaven as a specific geographical location, you look at it as the source or the cause of action. So when you're speaking to the Father from his seat of power, you are looking to the cause and the place and the origin of the action that we desire. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're making a declarative. And what we become is a bridge through which um, the will of God can find its way into this material earth. But Jesus did that. He wasn't saying, Father, will you please send your kingdom? That is not what he asked. He was making the declaration, Lord, your kingdom come here. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. It would have been easier if he said your kingdom is come. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, and in Luke, it really had come because it was within. He says it isn't going to be out there. It's going to be within us. It's within us. You can't find the kingdom of God out there anywhere. I once saw the, the prayer stated as an affirmation. Everything was an affirmation rather than a plea. Exactly. And that's exactly what we do. We sow that seed. We speak those affirmations. You know, we declare. And then as we plant, then you cultivate and you water and you bring forth the harvest. You know? And um, that's entering into the rest of God. It's not a matter of who has the biggest Sunday school class or who's on the most committees or who's doing the most stuff. It is a matter of who is doing the farming. You know, how, how, are you holding fast to your confessions? Are you um, believing God and, use, and allowing yourself to be that vessel through whom he can work? You know, it, it, your vessel might be for nothing more than just to speak a blessing over somebody's life. But that's powerful. Um, so when we start to talk about this business of, you know, our Father who art in heaven, you know, we're talking about the source or the origin of all action. You know, the beginning and the ending, eternal, not geographical in any way, shape, or form. It's literally the seat of his power. And it's within him, and if he is on the throne of our eyes, it's within us. That seat of power. So when we're born again, we're brought into his presence. Um, let's just look at it, because it's a good reminder. Go to John 17. And that's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and... So John chapter 17. Here's Jesus praying. And if you look at his prayer, most of it is declaration here. It is speaking the kingdom into existence here on earth. In John chapter 17. This is the last time he prayed over the disciples. So when we're praying, when you're looking at how you pray, how much of it is asking God and how much of it is declaring what God's already done into the circumstances that you're praying about. We should be um, more declarative in what we're saying. Um... And so you need to know these promises for that reason. You need to know what's inside you, the kingdom. But it's released through your words. My words are spirit and they're life, right? 
Oh God. Let's see where I want to start here in John 17. Um, shoot, the whole thing's good. Let's just read this up. Verse 1. Chapter in the whole book. Yeah. These words spoke Jesus. Does it say asked? It says spoke or declared. These are the words that Jesus declared. And he lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. As you have given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life that they might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you gave me to do. And how did he do that? He went around speaking the word, telling everybody the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is sowing life into people. And then God would back up and confirm his words with signs and wonders and miracles. And that was his ministry. Okay, he didn't have billboards, he didn't have a TV show, didn't have a radio show, he didn't join all these church committees. He didn't do that. He simply declared the word of God into people's lives. What was he doing? He was farming. He was sowing. And he said, the words that I say, God speaks those words. The works that I do, God does those works. Jesus had entered into that rest. And, and that's really what this is about for us. This kingdom living. Okay. Now, glorify me with your own self. Verse 5. Which I had with you before the world was. I have manifested your name to men. Which you gave me out of this world. Um... Everything that's in the name of God is in the name of Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He went around manifesting all of it. Manifested so that people could see it. Um, defense, you know, protection, deliverance, prosperity, healing, you know, meeting needs, bringing the kingdom into their lives. And that manifested his name. Which you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. It's all about the word and manifesting the word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever you had given me are of you. For I have given unto them the words which you gave me, and they have received them, and they have surely known that I came out from you. And they have believed that you did send me. Okay, now they're at the faith level. So now he's saying, now Lord, we got to get them to the understanding level. That I'm in them and they're in me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world. But for them which you have given me. For they're, they're yours. And all mine are yours. And yours are mine. And I am glorified in them. And now I'm no more in the world. 
But these are in the world, meaning this material earth. I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your own name those whom you have given me that they may be what? As we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. I kept them delivered, defended, protected, healed, prospered, made whole. Those that you gave me, I have kept. And none of them is lost except the son of perdition that the scriptures might be fulfilled. And now I come to you and these things I speak in the world. You see, he keeps saying, these things I declare in the world. That they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word. This is how we do it. We continue to bring the kingdom of God into manifestation in this world with his word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that you would take them out of the world, but that you would keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify, meaning unite them through your truth. Your word is truth. There it is again. This word, this declarative word. As you have sent me into the world, even so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes I, I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe in me through their word. That's you and me. Can you see Jesus came along first? A few hours later, the disciples are hired. You know, a few hours later, here comes Paul, kind of late on the end. And then, you know, a few hours later, the church grows. So, it, workers are being hired all along the pathway. But, but what we do at the end is no more important than what Paul did. Because if it weren't for us, this word wouldn't go forth anywhere. It doesn't mean that we have room for pride. It means that everything that God has done is in its place. You know, and he knows what he's doing in kingdom living. Okay. Now, verse 21. Um, I pray, uh, verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. That one in us is the kingdom, the kingship, the dominion, the reign of God, the, the kingdom of God in us. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. Um, and that glory comes in the manifestation of his name in the earth. That's why we were seated together with him in heavenly places. I'm going to show it to you in a minute. Verse 23. I and them and you and me that they may be made perfect, complete, in one. And that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you loved me. Father, I will that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am. That they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you have loved me before the foundations of the world. And guess what he loved me too. And you too. O righteous Father, the world has not known you. But I've known you. And these have known that you sent me. 
and I have declared unto them your name. So how did he bring the kingdom into this earth? He declared unto them the name of God. And will declare it. That the love wherewith you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Where's the kingdom of God? It's within. So how do you get the kingdom of God from within to out? Through your declarations. Through the word of God. Through that word that then God manifests um, and backs up. You know, with signs and wonders. That's how it spreads. Um... From here, just flip over a few pages to Ephesians chapter 2. It's Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, and then Galatians, Ephesians. Okay, verse 4, chapter 2. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, um, even when we were dead in sins, he has quickened us together with Christ. By grace you were saved. And he has raised us up together. And this is what I want you to see. He made us sit together in heavenly places. That word heavenly is plural. The places is not really there. But in the heavens. So we're talking, he has put us together in, in heaven dimensions, in spirit dimensions that are beyond this material world, above and beyond it. And we're seated together with him in those dimensions. And why? So that in ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. So we are to be the demonstration of the grace of God in the earth. That's why we're seated together with him there. You know, we're to demonstrate that grace to everybody everywhere we go. Because anytime we go somewhere, the kingdom of God is within us. We're the ark of the covenant. The, the very power and spirit of the Holy Spirit is in us. And you remember in the Old Testament, everywhere the ark of the covenant sat... Everybody was blessed. And um, so, so everybody was happy to have the, the ark sitting with them wherever it was. Well, we are the ark of the covenant, of the new covenant. So everywhere we go, the blessings of God can flow. But they flow through us because we're the ark. And if we don't release those blessings, they don't happen. Okay? Now, um, the next part of that, if you go back to Matthew 6 again. So, our Father who art in heaven. Okay. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Um, Lexicon had so much juicy good stuff on this. Um, when Jesus was declaring, your kingdom come, um, it is this. Um, the kingdom is Basilea, but this is it. It is the royal power, the kingship, the rulership and the dominion. 
And then further, it is the royal power conferred on Jesus as the triumphant Messiah. You know, in Philippians 4 it says, you know, and he was raised to the place where his name is above all names. That at the name of Jesus, things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth would bow their knee, right? So it, it includes, this basilea includes the authority and power conferred on Jesus and, and the royal power conferred on Christians who are in the kingdom of God. That's Ephesians 1. And um, let me just read it to you. You don't have to go there. Uh, Paul talks about us reigning in this life by Christ Jesus. But um, in Ephesians 1, you can just write it down and read this later. Let me just read it to you. Um, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Where? In heavenly places. Again, in the plurality. We're blessed in the kingdom of God, which is in heavenly places. It's in us. Okay? According as He has chosen us in Him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us into the adoption, and that word adoption should be sonship. He's predestined us to be his sons. Um, children by Jesus Christ to himself. According to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace. Wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. In whom we have redemption through his blood. And the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his glory. Wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will. What is the prayer that Jesus said? Your kingdom come, your will be done. When you enter into the kingdom of heaven, that will is made known to you. Okay. Um, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself. Okay, his pleasure is purposed within himself. If you are in him and he's in you, then his purpose and his will is in you because you're in him. That in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ Jesus. That is a picture of the kingdom coming. When we manifest um, the will of God, we are bringing everything, everything into reconciliation to God in Christ Jesus. Both which are in heaven, meaning in the spirit realm, and which are on the earth, in the material realm. Um, in whom we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Um, you and I were predestined from the foundations of the world to be that vessel through which the kingdom could come in this earth. And if we're in Christ Jesus, then that's our purpose. To glorify God by bringing that glory into this earth. Um, so when he says, your kingdom come, he's saying... That authority, that kingship, that dominion that's given first to Jesus and then to us 
must come. And the word come there means to arise, to show itself, to become known, to be established, and to fall onto. That kingdom needs to just fall onto this earth. It needs to arise in us. It needs to be shown. It needs to come into people's eyes. It needs to be so that people who are in the flesh, who don't have a living spirit, can see the manifestation of it. That's why, that's why God backed up everything Jesus said with signs and wonders. He did the same thing for the apostles because when they saw the signs and the wonders, the manifestation of that glory, they wanted it. If it had just all been talk, yeah. But because there was great power in it, the manifestation of it, they wanted it. People are still like that. Um, so, your kingdom come, the next part of it is, your will be done. The word will in the Greek means the purpose of God to bless mankind through Christ. Now that's pretty cool. The will of God is his purpose to bless mankind through Jesus Christ. That is his perfect will. That's so stated when, in John 6. Read it. You got it? Just to get this start point. And Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and you still do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, and not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him will have eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day. That's awesome. And eternal life is Zoe, divine um, essence. And Jesus says eternal life is knowing God and the one he sent. That's right. That's where it is and it's within. Mm -hmm. So this, the will of God, your will, the purpose to bless mankind through Christ Jesus. God's desires and wishes and commands and precepts and determinations and purpose to be done instrumentally through us. You know, that's what he desires because he's chosen to work that way. And then the word be done, again, means to come into existence. Your will come into existence. Your will appear. Your will exist. Um, in earth, um, and that literally means across the earth, upon the whole earth, okay? The abode of men and animals. And it is um, the standing place of, of the whole creation, the dominion of God, you know? And then as it is in heaven, so that his will is done in earth as it is in heaven. So how is it done in heaven? Cumulatively and in like manner um, in heaven... The will of God is a fixed state. It doesn't change. 
It's always a fixed state. And um, God wants that unchangeable, cumulative blessing of His will to be done in the earth in the same way. A fixed state of blessing on His creation. That's His desire. Okay. And um, He talks about heaven as it is in heaven, meaning the regions or the seat of God's order and His ultimate perfection. It's not a location. Um, Paul called it the third heaven, but we talked about that in, in the commentaries. Third doesn't mean like heaven one, two, and three, which for years I thought that and I taught that. But it literally means, third means perfection. Three is God's number of perfection. So the third heaven is that place in God where his perfection can be experienced in mankind. You know, that's, that's what it is. So he says, I, you know, your perfection be manifested here on earth, just like it is in heaven. Um, now, so when we're praying that, that part of the prayer, we're, we're actually making that declaration. Your kingdom come, your will be done on this earth, in this material earth, just like it is in that place of perfection in you, Father. And when you declare that, you're speaking the will of God into the earth. That's what you're doing. You're declaring that. You're calling forth that will of God, you know, to manifest itself. Um, so we become that vehicle that he has chosen to bring those things forth. Go to Ephesians chapter 3. So that's multiple manifestations? Yes, absolutely. However God chooses, um, it's an infinite an infinite manifestation. Um, my thing, our trouble is, is we've been trying to understand it before we act by faith on it. You know, once we understand it, then we want to act by faith on it and see things manifest. We have to start acting like kids. They just act on faith. They don't understand it. You know, I can remember when take the kids to the grocery store and they go, Mama, I want this, I want that. I'm going, look, we, we just don't have that kind of money. And they go, write a check. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know we've had that conversation. Yeah, charge it, write a check. Because they have that simple faith that there's a source and you're the source. So just however you do it, do it, you know. And they don't have to understand it. They just believe it. Um. And you and I now are so calculating that we feel like we have to understand it before we believe it. And uh, what we need to do is just come with that simple faith, believing, and then let God give us the understanding later. And that comes when we just simply believe what he says. Take him at his word. Be the seed sower because that's that parable. He says, if you don't understand this parable, you're not going to understand anything else I tell you about the kingdom of God. Because, I mean, about the kingdom of heaven. Because heaven is all about reaping and sowing. It's all about that. And Jesus' prayer about us was all about the word sown, the word planted, the word going forth, the word, the word, the word. Seed, seed, seed. That's how God plants the kingdom. Um, you're in Ephesians. We're going to read Ephesians and then we're going to go to Genesis. Um, we're doing good here. Okay, Ephesians chapter 3.
This is a picture of that vessel. Um, start with verse 16. He's just talking about praying here. Well, no, verse 15, because it talks about the earth and heaven. Important, because this is the key. Always, earth and heaven. Verse 15. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. This is the Father. For he would, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Dimensionally speaking here. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Love is the thing that activates faith. Alright. Then that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. And there's the order. By faith we understand. So he says, by faith root yourself in the love of God. Right? So that faith is empowered. And then you will come to understand the width, the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of the love of God. And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him, where did we say the kingdom of God is? Within. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works where? In us. Where What's in us? The kingdom of God is in us. It is within. Unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So in the heavens and in the earth, in the spiritual places where the residence of the living God is, Christ in us, hope of glory, the anointing in us, the hope of glory. Um, by faith, you know, we come to know and understand that love of God. But we accept it by faith first and then we come to understanding. It is by faith that we understand. And that is just such an important concept. And honestly, I'm just, some of this is so new to me. Little things about, you know, like the Lord's Prayer. That declaration is awesome. Um, so when you're praying over a situation, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done right here. You know, on earth as it is in heaven. Right now, in Jesus' name, you know, I loose your kingdom to come in this circumstance. How powerful is that? You know, how powerful is that statement? So we're not passively, sitting by passively, crying out to God to do something. We are actively declaring and bringing forth the kingdom of God that's within us into this material realm through the word through seed, through spoken words, through declarations by faith. And they have to come by faith. Not necessarily understanding, but by faith. You have to believe that what God says is true, even if you don't understand it. You know, you have to believe it's more true than anything you see with your eyes. So we need to come to that understanding by faith of how God accomplishes things in the kingdom of God. Now, um, ooh, we're doing good here. Um, go back to um, let me see yeah I'm going to go back to Genesis go back to Genesis chapter 1 
beginning. In the beginning. In the beginning. Page one. <laughs> okay. God created everything materially to meet all the needs of his humanity. Um, the plants, the animals, the, the stars, the moons for calendars and seasons. and Everything was set in motion. And then God made this creature like himself. And the deal was that, that God, out of his spirit man wanted to bring forth the kingdom of God into this material realm. And, and the reason for that is, is that his will is to bless mankind. That's it. So he created this man. Um, look at verse 26. Remember, we're speaking spirits too. We're seed sowers. We're planters. We're farmers. Just like God was. He started this earth by planting with his mouth and we do the same thing. If his kingdom, his kingship is to take dominion and come in this material realm, it has to come the same way it did the first time. Through declarative words, spoken words by faith. You know, as little as we are, as insignificant as we feel, um, compared to these great evangelists and things, the power we have... To bring the kingdom forth where we are is incredible. You know, he said, you, you can't even fathom the greatness of the power that's within you. There's no way we can fathom it. It's the very same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Ephesians 1. That's how great that power is in us. So every one of us is a, is a dynamo of God's power. Um, you know, Acts 1, you will receive dunamis power, which, yes, explosive, but I like dynamo better because that's a continual generation of more and more power. You know, we receive the dynamo of power that continually reproduces and reproduces in us all the time. That unlimited amount of power. And um, you could go back to Hoover Dam or even to... Um, um, Niagara Falls. Talk about a dynamo of power that's just continually generating, 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 rushing forth. That's what we have. Rivers of living water gushing out of our bellies. That's what we're supposed to be. So we need to see ourselves in that sense that God created us to be mighty, uh, powerful beings. Look at verse 26 now. And God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. So we look like him and we function the way he functions. And let them have dominion. So he has given us rulership. He has given us a dominion, a rulership over this material realm. It was ours to begin with. But how do we rule? We rule through the anointing power of God, the kingdom of God within us. When he breathed into us, um, that that divine essence, the kingdom of God came within. And so how is man to rule in this dominion except through the kingdom of God that was within him? 
And he was to be a speaking spirit just like God. To rule and have dominion and create and build and plant and sow the same way God did. Nothing has changed. As soon as Jesus walked into the upper room and breathed on the disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit came 50 days later to, you know, um, in the upper room. That dynamo is in us now. We have been restored. Okay. And let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created man. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over it. The fish of the sea, the fowls of the air, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And then skip down into chapter 2. Um... Start with verse 5. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew. So God had planted everything into the earth before it grew. For the Lord had not caused it, caused it to rain upon the earth and there was not a man to till the ground. It wasn't until an Adam, a being like himself, could come into existence to continue the garden, to continue planning, to continue generating, to continue uh, the growth of the kingdom of God. Your kingdom come, your will be done in the earth until he created this God-like man. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And as we've said so often, um, Hebrew scholars say man became a speaking spirit. But he was a thinking, reasoning, speaking, creative spirit. It's what man became. It sounds like he's not physical. It does, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. But there is a, a physical dimension but everything else is, is spirit dimension. It's, it's unseen, you know, in, in the unseen. But that doesn't make it less real. It just makes it less visible. But is it flesh and blood? No. Okay. No, That's what it I'm isn't. Like. It isn't. Everything that is spirit is housed in this flesh and blood body. But um, it is the spirit that drives it all. It is the spirit that's within you. Light spirit, dark spirit, whatever. Um, it, you know, if your spirit departs from your body, your body's just going to fall down. It says, the man, well, it says, and the man became a living being. Now, what did, what did you just... The Hebrew scholars say oh, okay. man became a speaking spirit. Okay. Mm -hmm. That sounds different. It, yeah, it is different, but... It makes it, him look a lot more ephemeral. Yes. Than, Flesh and blood. Then flesh and blood, right. And, it, and it's meant to be that because we function the way God functions. And um, so they will tell you, when, when the Hebrew scholars write about this, they tell you he, he, man became like God in that sense that he's creative, that he creates with what? His mouth. 
In, in uh, Deuteronomy 30, it says, I put the word in your mouth that you may do it. And the word do is I saw. Plant, build, create, procure, um, even root up, pull up, destroy. But whatever, you, you do it with the word in your mouth. And that's because the kingdom of heaven is like that. It is seed time and harvest. That was before the fall. Mm -hmm. now we became more physical. See, that's yes. the, the, the train of thought is that we became flesh and blood after the fall. Right. And that's when they discovered they were naked. Right. And all of that. The, the glory and the creative power, the anointing to rule and reign, left them. Mm. Because um, they made a choice. They were unfit. <laughs> they chose to bow their knee to Satan's wishes and not God's. And, and like Paul says... Whoever you serve becomes your master. Mm -hmm. So as soon as they began to serve Satan, as soon as they ate of that fruit, he suddenly became their master and he usurped their authority. But this is the deal. Because they were still speaking spirits. You know, they still had that quality. They just didn't have the anointing, the glory to rule and reign. Satan used them to get his own will in the earth. Satan has no power in the earth. So he uses men to get what he wants. So it's either going to be the kingdom of God coming or it's going to be the kingdom of uh, the prince of the power of the air that's being released in the earth all the time because we are that speaking spirit. If you're a child of the dark, then what's coming out of your mouth is dark. And the kingdom of darkness is going to come. But if you're a kingdom of the light and you declare what's in the light and you speak the light, then the kingdom of God is going to come in the earth. And the will of God is going to be done. Now this is the trouble. Because we have not known this, because we have not understood this, we speak both light and dark. So go to James. Go to the book of James. And he addresses this issue. If you get to Revelations, you went a tad too far. James is all the way to the back and just, you know, a couple of dozen pages in front of Revelations. Okay. Uh, James chapter 3. Why have I ever had second thoughts? Well, yeah, you know, and this is... Yeah, second thoughts about the time yeah, yeah. Noah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What was I thinking? Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. And yet he knew about it since before creation. Oh, yeah. So, because <laughs> a friend of mine used to say during a Bible study, that God must be so disappointed in us. <laughs> so how can he be disappointed when he already knew what was going to happen? He knew what was going to happen all along. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And he yeah. knew what he was getting. That's yeah. it. <laughs> the good news is, is he does set the parameters. He says, I speak the end from the beginning. <laughs> and that's what he does. He speaks the end from the beginning. And we, like God, should be speaking the end from the beginning. Um, and that's how the kingdom comes. That's, that's how it all works, how it all manifests. Um, this is James, and he's talking about your mouth and um, how powerful it is. We've read this before. But um, 
Let's just start with verse 3. Well, no, verse 2. For in many things we offend all. If any man offends not in word, the same is a perfect man and able to bridle his whole body. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about by a very small helm, wherever the governor lists. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindles. Listen, the word that comes out of your mouth is light. It is electromagnetic energy. You know when it's concentrated, you can take a magnet and take the electromagnetic energy coming from the sun and put it on a piece of paper and what happens? Burns. Burns right up. So when you and I magnify the world's word, it's going to burn up and set on fire the course of nature. But when you and I magnify the word of God, it is going to send power into those circumstances and transform everything. Your kingdom will come. Your will will be done. Okay. It says, The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. A negative tongue, a worldly tongue, is going to set on fire the course of nature. Look at the course of nature now. You know? But at the same time, a godly tongue, a controlled tongue, a, a tongue that's declaring the word of God, can do what? Build, plant, create, procure the kingdom of God here. It can put the fire out. For every kind of beast and birds and serpents and things of the sea is tamed, and has been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. Do you know who tames it? The Holy Spirit. The best way to get your tongue tamed is to pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. It is the best way to tame your tongue. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith we bless God, even the Father, and therewith we curse men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brother, these things ought not to be. Now, who's he talking to there? He says, my brother. He's talking to believers there. And that's our trouble. We don't understand the kingdom of God. We don't, even by faith, understand the kingdom of God. And we don't understand the power that we have in our spoken words, our faith-filled words. We set on fire the course of nature and one minute we're cursing the world, speaking the negative, you know. Oh, I should have known when I'm here three more weeks. You never get anything done in this. I don't know how many times I heard that today. It's an old building. You knew we were going to have trouble. You knew we weren't going to get done on time. And I've been hearing that since the day we started, right? I've said it too. I've said it too, you know. But at the same time, what if... We had all been saying, praise God, we're going to stay on this schedule because your kingdom is coming in this place. Your will's being done here. This is going to be glorious. We're not, you know, we're going to be right where you want us to be. What might have happened right. if we had had that much unity speaking the other direction? But I mean, starting the first week, we're all going. It was never. Blah, 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 blah. Right. 
That's it. And the kingdom that we were declaring came and keeps coming. By saying it, you get power. Yes. That's right. That is exactly right. You have given authority to some kingdom. You either give authority to the kingdom of God or you give authority to the kingdom of the prince of the power of the air. That's referred to in Ephesians chapter 2. Um, he still exists. He's a bad actor. Jesus is never going to deny that he exists. But knowing that he exists, then you have to understand what you're doing. Whose kingdom are you bringing forth into this material world? You have TV. You have radio. You have CDs and DVDs. You have... Uh, I tell you, even commercials are filthy now. I can't even stand to watch commercials. They're embarrassing. They are horrific. And when you start thinking that we are bombarded with this all day long, that's seed sown. I don't care what you say. It's seed sown. Now, you and I are smart enough to weed our garden. We don't let that stuff stick. But the rest of the world is not that smart. The rest of the world is not that smart. And um, so what we have to do is work at sowing God's seed to counteract that. Speaking into our circumstances. But over and over, the more you read, the more you go back and you begin to read this, Proverbs is the same way. It's always full of your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Proverbs tells you exactly how to get that with your mouth. Proverbs tells you exactly how to do that with your understanding, with the wisdom of God, with the knowledge of God, and with your mouth. And um, when you start to read back through these chapters and everything comes down to the spoken word in some way or another. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we got to stop looking at the disconnect. We got to stop thinking that when you're praying, your will be done, your, you know, your kingdom come. We're speaking to God who's far off and begging him to send you know, his will into this earth and realize that the kingdom of God is within us and we're releasing it or we're binding it up, whichever the case may be. We're the ones that are doing that. Um, it makes a whole difference in how you pray. makes a whole lot of difference in how you, um, how you see things as they come. So... Um, the, the idea that we've looked at these, pro, these uh, parables, especially those first ones, and then we've looked at the paradoxes, you have to figure out what you want to believe, you know, where, where you're going to stand in, in, your, um, in your faith walk. And then you have to decide whether you're going to be like Paul, looking at unseen things rather than seen things, because unseen things are eternal, where seen things are temporal, subject to change. And um, so you have to realize if the kingdom of God's within you, your spirit person is not subject to change. It is eternal. You are in God and you are in Christ Jesus. And that's never going to change. And the power that he has, the greatness of the power that he has is always toward us. And it is never going to change. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It is able to do infinitely beyond anything you and I can ever hope to think or dream or imagine. You know, and, and it is unchanging. The only thing that can change is what we see. And we just say, in Jesus' name, your kingdom come. Your will be done right here, right now. You know, and um, so that declaration becomes more than just a, a little prayer. Okay, we're going to stop there. Today's the 20th, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Ooh.
Tomorrow is the first day of fall. Is it tomorrow? They say Wednesday. Wednesday. 21st? Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, this year is a little later. We'll take it. I do too. I'm not ready. That's why I say we'll take two more days. It's summer. I do too. I, I, I've been wearing mine all day. So when I wasn't barefooted. No. I agree with that. I was looking at my closet. I thought, do I wear light colored pants or dark colored pants? Light pants. And that's it. Oh yeah. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.